0: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lepone.
1: This is Lynn manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hans Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: That's chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BDW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash cheese and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash cheese. Also, this show is made possible by donations from our very kind patrons. Our current patrons are John Donna, Stephanie L., and Terry Needleman. Thank you for your very kind donations, and we hope we keep giving you a great show. All right, on to the real show. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of Musicals with Cheese. In this podcast, I will be interviewing Ellen Winter and Chris Littler, the two creative minds behind the incredible podcast musical 36 Questions. This interview was recorded in late 2018, originally intended to be used in a video essay. However, this did not reach completion due to there not being very visual aids for a podcast musical. What was I thinking? Either way, let me give you some history about 36 questions before we dive further in. 36 Questions is a podcast musical starring Jesse Shelton and Jonathan Groff. In this three-part podcast musical, a couple attempts to bring their marriage back from the brink of divorce using 36 revealing questions designed to make strangers fall in love. If you haven't listened to the musical before, please do. I highly recommend it. And I would rather you give it a listen before listening to this very spoiler-heavy interview. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. This is Chris Lidler and Alan Winter on 36 Questions
0: and what true for you doesn't have to be
1: true forever well today i am joined by two super special guests that i'm gonna let introduce themselves but really two incredible human beings so please introduce yourselves okay i you want to go first i'm gonna go first
0: we go first. Uh,
2: my name is Chris Littler. I'm a co-writer, co-director, co-composer of a podcast musical called 36 Questions. Um, and uh, my co-writer is Ellen Winter. And we are here to talk about uh, 36 Questions and about making audio fiction
0: musical thing. Yeah. 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 And I'm Ellen Winter, the co-writer, director, composer as well, and super stoked to... Go into the depths of our audio musical um, brain savings. <laughs> <laughs> brain
2: savings is better than thing. Oh, you went up to me yet again.
0: No. Oh, oh.
1: Sorry. That's good. You punched it up.
0: It's <laughs> here to punch it up. It's here to punch it up. Good punch it up.
1: Okay. So the first question is, what is your backgrounds and individual, like, experiences with musical theater? And what made you decide to go into musical theater as... An outlet for creative expression.
0: Yeah. Uh I grew well, I grew up in um Northern Virginia. I went to high school in DC at um like a performing arts high school kind of a thing. And actually theater was my first, was I would say my first love. Um and musical theater was a huge component of that. And I'd been writing songs like basically all through growing up. And then in college, I went to Sarah Lawrence, where I intended to go and to study acting and playwriting, but was very much like whole time continuing to write songs and eventually like concept songs and concept albums. And I realized that I was writing plays independently of writing music. And like, all I really wanted to do was like theatricalize the music I was writing. And then I was like, oh, I want to write musicals. <laughs> Just this whole time. Um, so that was like a, I would say a big, big revelation. Um, that I had in my college years and uh, I met Chris around that time and we started working together in a band um, called Chamber Band that Chris started uh, with a bunch of like like concept albums based in fictional universes so I would say like in terms of what came first like the love for podcast or musical theater I would say like podcast was like a lovely thing to blossom out of our love for both like indie music and theater like for me I really love working in new theater and new musical theater and um, finding ways to like Find the overlap between that and uh, and new music. Is it my turn? Yeah, I'm it up. This is me. I'm passing.
2: That was the pass up? Okay, yeah, cool. That was the pass
0: up. Is that
2: what they call them in sports? The pass up?
0: The pass up. Yeah, that's like a sports thing.
2: Yeah, for I've sure. seen it. I've seen it. Anyway, so I started my professional <laughs> sports career um, at the age <laughs> of four. It's playing soccer. No, I, I'm very similar to Ellen, I, I um, have a deep love for music and songwriting that that started pretty early on. And um, I went to school, uh, not specifically for that. I went to school for screenwriting. Um, and throughout that whole process, I always like would come back to music because it's, it's just inherently cathartic to write music. Um, sometimes it's like necessary to write music. Um, and Ellen and I were in chamber bands um, and we're, we wrote two full albums together. And, um, but it was real, it was my, um, I went to NYU for screenwriting and it was my freshman year roommate, Zach Akers, and our other friend who went to NYU, Skip bronky They, um, they got into podcasting doing a show called Limetown. Their follow-up to that was 36 questions. And so they brought, that was the connection that got me there. And so this was kind of like being able to like fuse, um, storytelling and and music in a great way, and it was nice to, to to be able to flex the theatrical musical muscle, whatever that is.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: It felt like a, a um, it really felt like a dream come true, but it wasn't like a dream that I was actively chasing. When it happens, and now it's like all I want to do is make more musicals. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you caught it. You caught the bug.
2: I got the bug, baby. Let's <laughs> do it. Next stop, Broadway. <laughs>
0: So
1: you guys started working together on Chamber Band, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at what point did you guys start considering the project 36 Questions or the project that would become 36 Questions?
2: It was brought to us. It was um, so Skip and Zach had the original idea for 36 Questions, which is going to be more like a Linklater-esque indie movie. Um, Same concept uh, of a couple who are on The Rocks maybe on the brink of divorce using these 36 questions to resolve their differences. um, Maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they got it in their heads that they wanted to do a musical because that would be stretching the podcast form, which is what they're working in. So they brought us into that idea. And from that point on, Ellen and I were working to basically come up with our version of that conceit um, and and building it from there.
0: Yeah. And a lot of our, uh, like, as, as we were talking about, like we did those two albums together that we wrote and those were both based in fictional worlds. And so we were kind of like towing the line of musical theater for a while. And it was very, uh, it, it felt like in a weird way where the runway had been heading the whole time is like, Oh, we're just going to write a musical together eventually. Um, and had like definitely exchanged and had, conversations about like what musicals we liked and when we kind of got into the thick of writing it and um well Skip and Zach came to the came to us in late 2015 with the idea um like around this time I think actually
2: oh it's the anniversary
0: (laughs) oh um
2: some weird anniversary yeah it was in early late
0: 2015 um and we were just, yeah, we were super excited by the idea of raising that music storytelling to another level. Um, and we changing started, it. Come up with a, yeah. I
2: was going to say we came up with a process, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. A process that is not um, typical, I would say, of most musical theater writing pairs. Which I didn't know going into it. Yeah, I I didn't well I you had written a musical by yourself I had written a musical by myself and like worked on musicals independently so we didn't really like have a model for what the collaboration process should be aside from what we had already which was like how we write songs together which is very much like hey I have this idea and I want to bring it to you and let it go through your brilliant brain filter and see what comes out on the other end um and so that just works for us for both music and lyrics and scenes, which is fun.
1: So your guys' writing process wasn't specifically like, you're the music guy and you're the lyric guy. It was more like a collaborative everyone on board process. No, we had
2: music guy and lyric guy. We paid them out of pocket. Yeah. Yeah. So like Ellen said, it was, it, it's, there's everything passes through us and okay. the genesis of, we can both come up with ideas for both sides and, it's usually comes down to once we have some sort of breakthrough. It's like what sounds the most fun to you? How, okay, I'll do this part and you do this part, and then we come back and it passes through and kind of like a DNA strand. You know,
0: it's a yeah, universe. the DNA musical strand does the yeah. thing. This is we, good. We, some good gift content right here.
2: This is good. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Gotta think about that.
1: <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> So what is your direct, like, musical influences to 36 Questions? I know you mentioned Link Ladder as, like, a structural influence, but this doesn't have, like, the casual musical theater, like, structure. I mean, this entire show is, like, made out of the conditional love song.
2: Totally.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think Sondheim and Alan Menken are, like, big musical guideposts for us. Um I would also say, like, we each pull from different musical theater writers we like, too. I'd say, like, that's our Venn diagram overlap in terms of musical theater. But we also, um, I would say, like, obviously, uh, uh, I like, I really like Cesar Alvarez and Heather Christian, who are, like, new musical theater writers. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, what about you, Chris?
2: I'm trying to think of, like who we were trying to musically emulate, but I, I'm i really coming up short.
0: Well, I would say like musical those are like musical theater structure humans, but musically we I feel like mostly pulled from like music we listened to. Like we were right. looking at Alt J, we were looking at um Fiona Apple, we were looking at Sylvanesso. We were looking right. at I remember More. talking about Fiona
2: Apple a lot because it was we knew we wanted it to be baby grand piano. And yeah, we knew we had Sam our drummer our yeah. percussion dramaturg. so when it came to yeah we knew what the components were and we just knew we wanted to keep it simple yeah right
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's all so coming we, back to yeah. me now
0: yeah <laughs> yeah I would almost say that like structurally and musically we kind of uh pulled from different places with the faith and hope that it would distill into something that made sense or, like if we take these things that we all that we really love and feel very strongly about and kind of put all these different elements in one space right let's, uh let's like see how it plays out this like link L- later sondheim fiona apple thing <laughs>
2: right but i mean by crazy to think that this i mean the songs are very much in your musical writing style right like they, mm. they feel like very much of your you know cut from ellen winter cloth i mean right when they all like live on when all no, yeah, live on the same album yeah. together, like crazy.
0: I think they live. I think they live in the same world. But I would also say, like, they also are a result of our collaboration too, and just the kind of. Oh, I was there. Yeah,
2: no, no, no. You're right. I was there. <laughs> 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 it's I'm like there.
0: it's. I mean, it's it's the it's our stuff. I mean, I, I like a couple of the songs came from. Stuff you had. It used to be yeah that were like yeah. set at one point and then chris was like this would be great with a chorus <laughs> and i was like I a, hey, chorus. a chorus
2: basically what i do is i pace and say let's add a chorus
0: <laughs> can it just go up here just like make it go
2: just literally here's the hot tip just go up an octave
0: and you have a chorus yeah.
2: just go up an octave there's that's science awesome. science here there's a new york times article about it just read it it's cheat. <laughs> major cheat go up an octave <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> is that why we're here? To give the hot tips?
0: Or <laughs> up the fifth, you know? Uh,
2: yeah, fifth. Okay. Do both. You can. Do
0: both. Why not do Find both? the highest
2: key on the piano
0: <laughs> that you can hit. And reach yeah. that note. That's a and long
2: sustain.
0: sustain a long, long, long
2: sustained notes.
0: notes. Long sustained notes, like the long sustained answer to the question. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry. Let me tell you. <laughs>
0: Sorry, that
2: was, yeah. we got lost. <laughs> what, else, what else what else we got?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm just so happy to hear that this was never a point in this production process where it was an actual first date where they had to get to know each other using the right. questions. I'm I'm glad it always started this way.
2: Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, I wonder I think that's yeah i don't know if it was based on reality but certainly i know part in our process i mean we were we all we both did it we both did we
0: both, the yeah we both did the questions with our significant others
2: that we're still together with
0: yeah i think mine just got home hi simon
2: well yeah ask him one of the questions ask him question 30 18 ask him question 18
0: I chris this chris i'll ask him yeah,
2: with 18 It's a bad question to start with oh no, you're right <laughs> I know the first half really well. The second half, I don't remember as well.
0: Second half is like all of, is basically just leading up to question 36 or, or songified. Right.
1: Well, my next question (laughs) is which song is the hardest to write? Like which one was the one you struggled the most with and which one was the easiest Mm -hmm. to write? The one that just came out and you're like, bam, 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 bam. That's a
0: good question. That's a really good question. Um,
2: I have a I have a vote for hardest
0: yeah I have a couple I have a couple of votes for hardest what's your vote
2: I vote that we both is the hardest. was the I hardest
0: was gonna say
2: yeah oh it's, the, yeah, it's a, it's a the funky hardest. song
0: we both think you look great in a knit sweater
2: we both enjoy an empty cafe we both
0: are the actual human beings to waiters had a lot of different versions of we both which was like i think ultimately like the solution i i mean there was a whole other song that was going to happen before that song so like i was trying to justify that song and then chris kind of was like okay hot take let's try let's cut that song and then smush this whole scene so that it exists within We both, and that was like a huge revelation as um I was hitting my head against the keyboard trying to figure out the other songs of that act. So I remember very vividly you coming (laughs) into the office, figuring it out. Here's a crazy idea. And I was like, That's brilliant, you've cracked it. It's It's always a good fix when it's always
2: like, Hey, you know that thing you're working on? You don't do it anymore.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's like everything you're doing right now is the effort's great. I fixed it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's gone. It's gone now. Um, but yeah, it's an in- it's an interesting song. It's it's um yeah, it's 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 um I think it's just so crazy that all the songs kind of fit into it. And I listen I listen to it on Spotify. I'm always like, do I want to hear all these questions right now? And it's just the right amount of questions, in my opinion. Before you're like, okay, I don't know if I could do more exposition slash Mute cutie, meet cutie stuff in the middle of the song i think yeah. i managed to, to walk that line successfully imho that's just an opinion
0: totally totally and the then what do we think the is song. the easiest the truth felt like it was a really like even collaboration song where like mm. essentially we had some idea of like what that song was going to be and chris had like, one of the things that we'll do is Chris will, like, word vomit a bunch of lyrics and just be like, this is the movement of the song. And I'll be like, cool, great. I get this emotional journey. And then, like, I'll basically do my brain music filter through that and see what comes of that. And we I have- gave you
2: a whole song, though, for that one. I gave <laughs> you a hokey
0: song. <laughs> yeah, you gave me a song. You were
2: like, this is, let me, let me throw out all your music. You make <laughs> Entirely new music.
0: I yeah, I was really I felt I was really nervous about te- I did I think I texted you and I was like so Chris like this is great but um, please don't be mad I have an entirely different song idea today.
2: And I remember getting that and being like sick
0: yeah, you were like, keep going I was like can I keep going with this idea and you were like just keep just keep doing it but it sick. came out like in an afternoon and then um, It's wonderful and it was very much like using the lyrics that had been a part of that old song and just like finding a way to kind of repurpose them in this new like groove that we found. But
2: the truth is
0: the truth doesn't exist in black and white. and Sometimes two
2: sides can both be right. That was a that was an easy song because yeah. you did all of it. So <laughs> it was super easy for me. Yeah. Thanks.
0: No, you did the words. We did the. It was a. It was a team effort.
2: Oh right, 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 right. And I swapped some things around for how they were gonna say their end. Like the, I wrote yeah, yeah. the mantra at the ending, which is very
0: yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. You're good. You're you give those that structure brain. Put that in there. It's all Maybe up here, that. baby. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Judith Ford was also very easy. I would say.
2: Um, Judith Ford. Oh, right. Yeah. So that was one of the ones that was like the Genesis was my tinkling mm-hmm. on a piano. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that um, was like
2: it's an anxiety song. Uh
0: huh.
2: That was easy for you because I did all the work on that.
0: Yeah. Basically.
2: Okay. Wow. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was the lyric filter on that one. I was like, let's swap some of these. But generally, yeah. What was that? But none
2: of them were easy. <laughs>
0: the and easy fun. came after, usually like uh, several days, weeks, and/or months of feeling like it was not easy, and then it
2: felt yeah, it just pops out. Yeah. It's like, bonk, oh, that's the right thing. Yeah, and then, you, and then <laughs> hopefully you just forget all the agony that came before. You
1: forget it. all the other drafts. About how many drafts did you have for each song?
2: Oh, <sighs> numerically, it's impossible to know.
0: Yeah, it's I just say-
2: like pain.
0: Really. Yeah. Well like some of it was very much like only a couple of drafts right know, before we like really got to it. Like I would say Hear Me Out once we once we figured out what Hear Me Out was, Natalie Cook, all those first episode songs, we were like it's like kind of like you were saying they're all conditional love songs they were all transactional it was all like this is the Mm -hmm. thing that i want the thing that i need from you and this is how i'm going to get it and we're also getting all the exposition about like why they are in the situation and why the stakes are the way they are so we were like cool we just get to like kind of color in this world and then once we got to like act two and three it was like oh my god okay so now what are they going to do with all this information and those were as those songs moved with the moving pieces of the show, the drafts just got like, yeah, probably in the, definitely in the double digits.
2: For sure. In the double digits. Yeah. Yeah. By the end, maybe triple. I mean, but like you're doing like a a bunch of drafts a day. Right. Yeah, exactly. When you're in the thick of it. It really is the the hardest work is this, is the, is getting to the song. Cause once the song, like the game of the song has been figured out, forgive me if I'm, overstating this element but like once you figure out the game of the song i feel like it's actually pretty easy just to put something on the page and come right, up with right, right? it's the yeah, like the justifying yeah like creating the game that the song is going to be the game you know putting that in quotes right. yeah
0: right. like once we figured out that like one thing was like a cumulative
2: yeah the song, the song.
0: like oh cool yeah
2: yeah, yeah it's yeah. all stuff yeah you got any sound effects zany sound effects
1: a duck.
0: Yeah. A duck. Why not?
1: Well, you guys are also the rare musical theater writers that are also the book writers. So was there any strategies that you used to ensure that the spoken word matches the sung prose of the songs? Yeah.
2: Did you say we yeah. Have, Did we have strategy?
1: Like things that you would say, like, avoid these phrases because they're not Jace or avoid this because it's not Natalie. That type of stuff.
0: Oh, like musical phrasings. Kind of. I feel like the the thing that was actually, I, I, I wouldn't say that we were super cognizant of like musical phrasings, which is like maybe showing our hand, but truly it was for us. It's like so much, I would say so much, the lyrics inform the phrasing and it was mostly like clocking the lyrics or like where through which like lens this emotional experience is being told through. Like there were a lot of versions of Natalie's Judith songs, uh, where um i would take first i would take a first hit at uh writing them out and chris would be like ellen this is great this is exactly what jace would say if this was
2: (laughs) classic jace (laughs) pretending pretending to be judith
0: pretending to be judith and i was like god damn it this is a jace song i fucked it up (laughs) and then chris would be like let me take let me take a hit at it let me take a try let me take a try and then i would be like okay great filter it through because it's like very much like um, what we kind of discovered is like, I identify with more, more of Jace and Chris identifies more with Judith. So, and and the same thing happened vice versa. So when we would write from our heart spot, sometimes like, you know, we would do a Jace song that would come across as too Judithy and would need to like revise on that too. So we were kind of able to clock each other. And we had, um, Chris's then fiance now wife, who was our story consultant also come in. She's like, uh, like, knows a ton about, like, Myers-Briggs stuff, has written books about it, like, really knows people's personalities, really great at tracking character work, and was a huge asset in making sure that all of our scenes and our songs, like, really tracked um, for the characters.
2: Yeah, that's kind of what, that was, like, Her her main job, really, was just to be, like, are you being consistent across the course of this narrative with these characters? Are there... And that was one of the first things we came up with. We came up with theme. I remember throwing theme up on the board. And I remember creating like a T chart of these are the characters and they're going to be opposites of each other. They're going to have an endless reason to fight, really, because they're never going to see eye to the eye um, on these things or if they move, they move really incrementally. Um, so we knew that if we ever got into a bind, in which we got into lots of binds um, when you're writing something, um, we knew that. There was always going to be an out because there was always going to be a source of conflict.
1: Hey guys, we're sorry to interrupt you in the middle of this really good interview with Chris and Ellen, but I got a shill at you. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash musicalswithcheese and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash musicalswithcheese. Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash cheese. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash cheese. And also, while I'm interrupting you, I should let you know what websites Ellen and Chris are at. You can find Ellen at EllenWinterMakesThings.com, and you can help fund her upcoming album, um, Every Feeling I've Ever Felt. It is oncoming, and I'm sure she'll appreciate any donations, so shoot her some donations. You can find Chris Littler at his website, or where you will find all of his work from 36 Questions to Limetown to Chamber Band. They're both incredible people, and you should go out and support their work. All right, let's get you back to the interview. Tonight, I say to she was 33. So this show has the theme of truth and makes an argument that there can be emotional honesty without being factually honest. I'm curious of your guys' positions on truth and its factuality versus emotionality. Or your personal definition of truth and honesty.
2: Anyway, that was too out of a question, so we gotta go. Um, <laughs> sorry, not happening.
0: I, I feel like, I, yeah, I'm just like thinking getting that thinking. It's very much. It, it was kind of something that we ended up stumbling into once we unlocked that. We were like, well, what? What is the highest possible stakes for them doing the questions? basically is what the game that we played right we were like well what if their marriage or relationship hinged on these questions and the only reason that one would be so motivated to do them a second time is to prove that they can that they were not maybe maybe they weren't truthful the first time um and what that kind of unlocked for us was just you know Everybody kind of—it felt like something we could all kind of relate to in a weird way. I mean, on an extreme level, but like, you know, when you first meet someone you like, you want to be the best version of yourself. You want to like, you're—we're constantly thinking about like the narratives that we tell about ourselves, even through like social media. Like, what are you posting? What are you reading? What are you sharing? Like, there's ninety percent of your life that doesn't exist on the like curated narration that you provide to the world um does that make that any less true you know like um so it was it was kind of a thing like chris and i often talk about like wanting to give ourselves a problem that neither of us have an answer to like in that being the heart of the thing we make um and this really felt like we were like well i kind of get why she did what she did and why she continued to do it um and, all, and and really, like making it about personal truth, like that was important to us, too. I think about like really about what it is that Judith as like, the individual person was really going through in terms of the narrative that she was trying to tell.
2: Couldn't have said it better myself?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you like okay, all
2: right. no, that was perfect. That's exactly why. I mean, yeah, it's the unsolvable problem. And yeah. on on any given day I still don't know what side I'm on.
0: Oh yeah. Shit follows you, man.
2: My personal definition of truth.
1: Does it lean more to the um, factual side of honesty or the emotional side of honesty? Um,
2: that's interesting. I think it's I I really think I'm I'm very middle ground about it. I I don't think that I don't think that someone It's so funny. It's like Do people have the right to obscure the facts? Do people have the right, like, if you cheat on your partner Mm -hmm. and you don't tell them, is that a kindness? Because then you are keeping, you know, like, like, then you're like, then the pain is not put on them. The pain is put on you, the person that perpetrated, you know, like, it's so slippery for me. Like, what, because truth is subjective regardless, like, besides like science fact, truth is subjective our, our lived experience is full of uh, hypocrisies and infallibilities and things that we take for granted that are not necessarily so right so like just take that for the baseline of it then we're just like then everything almost everything is just emotional everything that it's the truth that i choose to share with you about who i am it's the truth that we choose to engage in, in every any given day i'm chris littler i'm an american and i live in a, an open democracy i don't know i don't know for sure about what those things you know like what if that is actually true what or what is that the story that i tell myself just to get through this day i don't think i would have been as interested in this show if i had a neat answer
0: for that question yeah I, yeah i feel like in my brain i kind of see two different definitions of truth Which is, like, also tricky, but it's, like, for me, there's, like, the truth of, like, a literal fact, right, like, or an event that is, like, seemingly objective, and then there is, like, the subjective truth, Um, but it is all about, like, I think it's, yeah, discovering what that line is of, like, subjective and objective truth, Mm -hmm. and, um, And I think particularly like in, on like an emotional and personal way, I mean, it's just so funny, like even like using that example, like the first thought I'm like, well, it really depends on like the two people in that relationship. It's like, if your relationship is, 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 uh, there are some people that like, if that were to happen and you'd be like, oh, this thing happened, it would be totally chill. You know, that would be like a conversation. And then there's another where that would like, you know, if the motivations behind telling that kind of um, confession were Mm. to relieve oneself of the guilt and put that on, you know, it's like, there's so many different shades to it. It really depends on like who's telling the story and like from what angle they're telling it from and like why they're telling it. So truth is like, yeah, I think that there's also like truth that we don't see about ourselves, but then that kind of becomes someone else's idea of the truth of your story. So it's like, it's super it messy you. yeah they put it it's on so te- they put it on you um but yeah like chris said it's like i don't really know and that's kind of why it was fun to try and figure it out because i feel like i know i know what i my my gut instincts of truth when it comes to the world or like you know but those are kind of my opinions that i hope are steeped in truth um but in terms of like a personal narrative truth it's like I feel like every day i'm trying to like Get to like the honest shit of like what, what, what am I doing? What does that really mean?
1: <laughs> Those are some really fantastic answers, guys. Like it's re- <laughs> really good.
2: <laughs> I'm like thinking about truth over here. I'm like fuck. truth
0: <laughs> philosophy. Oh my gosh. I oh, god! I need to go to bed after this. Yeah, <laughs> <man>. I <laughs> promise, there's nothing <laughs> that off. heady
1: coming up. Got it. Got it. Got it. So this show has two leads that are very flawed and have very blatant hamart So was there ever a worry that you made them too unlikable and had to pull them back or anything like that?
0: Oh, yeah, totally. We were like, how on earth do we get people on Judith's side when she just admitted to lying to her husband for two years? <laughs> and how do we like Jace when he's like, wants to punch her? I mean, like in a non-domestic violent way, but like like metaphorically, figuratively punch this person for like, Pooping on his heart. Like, you know, you don't like <laughs> ultimately. Oh, <indeed>. <laughs> <laughs> well, those were, that was the thing that we were just given in the first moment, right? That's why Henry kind of came about. And that's why we give that moment of, um those moments of them in love at the top of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Other, other, other things, Chris? I feel like I just, no, I, I just word vomit at all that. Yeah. No,
2: there's like, you're so, you're so. 100% saying exactly what I would say I'm just staying silent so what I can say is that's <laughs> exactly true it was, it was endless it's en- yeah. endlessly you're endlessly being like okay how far can we push this character how do you remain truthful to this character
0: mm-hmm.
2: and yeah you sometimes you have little cheats like a duck is a cheat right
0: right because we were like oh we can show him being kind of rude to Judith slash Natalie but then we have this adorable creature for him to show his kindness to right. as like, instead of comic relief, it's like cuteness relief. It's like right. sweet relief. We're like, oh, Jace isn't a monster person. He's just right. has his heart broken. Right. and He's taking care of this duck to try and make himself feel better.
2: Takes care of the duck better than he takes care of his own kid. That's Jace.
0: Oh, man.
1: Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, I honestly expected the kids name to be Henry in the end.
2: <laughs> so weird. Which we name our son? Um, well, I had a duck one. <laughs> uh, it was a crazy night. Oh, oh <laughs> What a crazy, crazy night. What a
0: crazy night, though.
1: So were there any songs that didn't make it into the final product, like any kill your darlings moments that you're just still sad isn't quite there anymore? Oh,
0: yeah. There's like so, so many songs. There's mean, at least
2: four that I can think of. There's yeah. the four that were in an, the original version of the show, which is very different from this one. Mm-hmm, that never right. came back around. Um, and then there was a bunch of alts for the beginning of Act Two, where we both went. Mm-hmm. An impossible Act Two, like blowout number.
0: Right, right. The yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, and there was yeah. like
2: kind of angrier songs kind of more yeah yeah it didn't fit a little
0: more dresden dolls than fiona apple
2: yeah um yeah i mean emotionally i don't i don't think i mean if they were like fully written songs that like were like conveying a ton of heart and like getting crazy work done and we had to cut them for time that would be one thing but we never were in that situation
0: no i mean even songs that were full drafts that we ended up cutting we were just like ultimately this song isn't working And that's, and and like Chris and I, a big part of our process is we just, we have so much from being in a band together and from working on like a bunch of different shows now. Like we just have archives and archives of like song ideas that we've kind of categorized and titled by different emotions.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not even emotions sometimes, just like weird
0: just the weird we titles. Said. It's like Sinister... Short-nance. Yeah, I don't know. Sinister <laughs> like, Disco. And yeah. yeah, Sinister Disco. We're just like, like outright we're, we're
2: ripping off. Like, there's one song that's just called Tegan and Sarah right now. This yeah. Straight up like...
0: <laughs> this is just a song that uh, Sarah this is written. A, this is just a rip-off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so those songs go into our rip-off bin. Our rip-off recycling bin. So we rip ourselves <laughs> off in the future.
2: <laughs> yeah, because inventing is like... Oh, inventing is you you got to kind of be alone to invent right I feel like that's like a big part of our process like you go over here you go over here I'm gonna invent something
0: mm-hmm. It's
2: very different from like being together and being like all right we got this we need a song for this like let's just think about the songs we have oh mm-hmm. it's just like it's more like collaging as opposed to inventing so it's just nice yeah. to have all that that the that inventing big. will
0: sometimes come out of like jamming though like,
2: yeah, that's true. Like, what's the feeling? Okay. What's the feeling of this moment? Let's just, Oh, that's a nice feeling. I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm."
0: Yeah. 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 I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I'm hooked. (laughs) Chris, we should totally jam sometime soon.
2: You want to jam? You want to tell them my history of jamming and how I was like the worst about jamming?
0: Yeah. We used to joke that Chris was just this like old lady who, um, carried... <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> i just always imagined you with like a wig holding like a can of jelly or like a jar of jelly saying no more jamming it's like
2: no a, more jam no more no jam more
0: just jelly when we were in a band yeah and we would get too jammy chris would be like guys we have this space only for like an hour we can't just like let's practice our set we have a show on thursday <laughs>
1: Truly. Well someone's gotta be it. that guy it. sometimes, yeah. you know. Someone's gotta just be that guy. Yeah,
0: yeah that grandma, true. you know. So someone's gotta be that grandma. Someone's Girl gotta be grandma. that grandma.
2: Grandma is like the best case scenario for that. So I'm glad that's how you picked yeah. it Yeah. No,
0: yeah. It was like a loving thinking you know, only of love, mostly. Mostly love.
2: Mostly it's love. True. <laughs> it's my autobiography. It
0: came
2: <laughs> mostly with. It. Some of the came. It good. Darker that's good. feeling
1: so the end of your show is so mature so intelligent so well thought out and i love it but were there any other alternative endings that you considered um while writing the show interesting
2: Mm. um we definitely had a lot of different variations on that ending yeah um i think one of the mantras that we had really from spoiler alert i mean you're gonna cut this together but We'll just say spoiler alert right now for ourselves, in case the <laughs> three of us haven't. Just seen- for
0: the three of us, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, but like going back to that original like tea section and like the original thing Ellen was talking about, like the original like thing that kicks off the show of like I've been lying to my husband for two years. I-, I feel like we were always like, there's just no way. Like, there's no way for them to be back. There's no way. There's no. Re- re- it's like you you want so desperately to come back from that but for me it never felt realistic to me it never seemed plausible to me if you really played it out so i feel like we were always trying to be hopeful and always trying to keep them um we're trying to smash these people together and, and, and get them to be the best versions of themselves um together it just never seemed feasible right Ellen, or was that not in your brain that's just me
0: no 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 i think we talked about that i mean it was, like, even the hopeful version of this where, like, they try. Like, I I, right. I think we were, like, you know, some people, like, some people some people listen to that ending and they think it's very ambiguous as to, like, what happens after that song. And for a while, too, I was like, you know what? I kind of feel like maybe we wanted to leave it open-ended and ambiguous. And, like, I actually, you know, I could there's honestly my opinions about it kind of fluctuate where, like, there's time where I'm like, they – totally gave it another try you know i think it didn't work out but Mm. maybe they gave it a try um but ultimately i think it's like what what we were talking about of like there is no there's no way to like recover from it
2: when you imagine them trying are you just Mm -hmm. imagining them like they go drop off cooper and oh he leaves like cooper in the car and they go to a motel and just do it
0: Leave Cooper in a car? No. Yeah, leave
2: Cooper in the car, windows down. This is Chase we're talking about. Leave the windows down. And they just go bone in a motel. Is that what you're saying?
0: No. But that's that's, that's I mean, it's not far off. It's like first draft. Yeah, it's first draft.
2: (laughs) First draft? First draft idea.
0: I'm like, you know, he gets a babysitter. They maybe like, you know, maybe they Uber home. I don't know. Right. I didn't really think it through because we ended it where we did. So,
2: oh right. <laughs> I'm thinking through now.
0: Yeah, but I think ultimately, though, it was like what we didn't want in the story was like a neatly tied ending because we were like, "This they've been through enough." I think they're kind of the at the end of the day, we wanted it to feel like a realistic journey for both of them. So, which which we feel like we don't always see in musical theater. As much as we love musical theater, Um, sometimes pretty good at sad endings.
2: Um, Right, La La Land had a dance
0: poem.
1: I hold the belief that musical theater is at its best when it's Mm -hmm. very specific, and specificity is very important. And you guys do that incredibly well with things like Settlers of Catan and Chase's Mom. So I'm wondering where those came about from, and whether it be your real life or just specific things that you thought would fit these characters. As well, what made you guys decide to make this a period piece? When did it become a period piece?
2: I guess when we knew that there was a time jump, right? That's
0: yeah. It- well, when we knew that, we kind of figured out that um, the study came out while Jace with was was with his like new lady, right. um, and through that time jump, we kind of worked backwards, and we we're like, oh, we you know it has to be on an iphone so this right. generation of iPhone. <laughs> mm-hmm. and the specifics
2: are just pulled from our lives really
0: yeah truly
2: i mean that's whenever you're making a joke right truth in comedy it's got to feel real to your co-writer so you're like why this joke you're like because that's true That's it's always the easiest defense when you make a choice
0: yeah right?
2: that's real that really happens you know yeah. Like, in, like um, in a better version, did you guys run over a squirrel with your car, or is that... Is that,
0: that a... uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did not run over a squirrel, but... We you heard it here
2: first, that. folks. <laughs> your phony, Ellen Winter, did not run over a squirrel. But I
0: do recycle more and enjoy cooking more. And is the glass
2: of water on the bedside table you inside? The glass
0: of water on the bedside table is me, is me and my partner. I remember Tom you Dito. defending that. I, I, was, I, felt I was I like, thought really well, strongly. this fucking
2: water? Like, who gives a shit? What does this even <laughs> tell it us about like, them?
0: It means that they're thinking about their thirst needs <laughs> if they wake up in the middle of the night and they have a dry mouth because radiators really make his face dry and you That's just true. have to be prepared. <laughs>
2: That's true. See, it feels real. It feels real. She's got...
0: I've, she's got, got, real, I've got real steaks in these glasses of water. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, oh, but... but um, In uh, Judith Ford, um, Jay says, my celeb wife, Charlize Theron. That is true of me. Celeb Mm -hmm. wife. That is my celeb wife, Charlize Theron. I know that it would never work. She's so different.
0: (laughs) And Um, you guys are, like, so different.
2: She's so different. Um, (laughs) In good ways. I mean, she would push me, like, but (laughs) eventually we'd we'd break. It would be too hard. Plus, she travels so much. Um, I assume. (laughs) Um, and then what was it um, over Obama and over Rihanna? Rihanna was originally oh. Malala.
0: Malala, but Malala was not relevant in 2007.
2: All right. It's so another specific, and but we are willing to change the specifics if it will create a time paradox. Yes. That's, that's our limit. That's our hard edge.
1: So what is the incredible success of this incredible musical brought you now that it's all been done?
2: Um, I can die happy. I don't know about you, Ellen.
0: Yeah. It's been pretty great.
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa. I said I could die happy. You just said it's pretty great? (laughs) What's going on? What do you what do you got cooking up that's gonna be so much better than this? Huh? Come on. We've peaked, baby. I'm fine with peeking too. No, we didn't peek. We got so much. But no, I, I do feel like this was the culminate. Like we were saying at the beginning, this is the culmination of like so many like weird skills that I have and that Helen's had. And like being able to make something like this is. And to have people react to it. And the people that react to it are people that you would want to hang out with. I'd yeah, that's been really cool. Yeah, just creating something that's like we call it our Horcrux. It's like a bit of our soul that yeah, if we someone likes it, odds milk. are they're going to like us. So we just have new friends all over the planet that we haven't met yet. And that is just now we have that for the rest of our lives. Which yeah. Is and
0: truly as a couple of extroverts, having new friends all over the planet that you haven't met yet is like right. peak extrovert right. uh, elation. Um, yeah. and yeah, I mean, it's been crazy. We have, we've had like a lot of, um, it's, it's a weird thing with a podcast because it is as performers and, and you know, even as musicians, it's like, I feel like I'm coming from a world of theater too, where it's like, you're used to doing a show and then like seeing the people after the show. And then you talk to people after the show. And with this, it's been so crazy, like releasing it in a digital platform because there isn't that kind of like instant, we don't get to like meet people at the stage door or like see what the audience says. So it's, it's been kind of this wonderful um, unfolding of, of people like you who like reach out to us and, and, those friends we haven't met yet, kind of a thing, um, which has been really cool. And it's and it's kind of a thing that comes out of nowhere sometimes because there isn't, you know, like I said, there's no stage door where we're like meeting people who s- saw the show. We're just kind of like get a text from a friend or like someone we knew from a long time ago or someone we don't know who who's listened to the show. And that's like that's really cool. It's like the accessibility. Like you don't have to just be in New York to see it um, or to hear it. Um, yeah, and it's it was so fun to do and it was truly like yeah, a culmination of so many things and has put us on track for a lot of other opportunities that never would have happened if we didn't have this like incredible calling card that we could refer people to. That as Chris said is very much like us in a musical. <laughs> like there's a lot of a lot of ourselves in the show.
1: So what are the biggest lessons you've learned from this musical? Like the things that you're taking away from this altogether giant experience?
2: Um, I, I've, The value of partnership, honestly. The value of, of Ellen Winter, the value of Kelly Teeger, my now wife, Skip and Zach and Ruth and all these wonderful people that came together to make yeah, this show. So- the, the collaboration. I mean, it is like something is hopefully a- as good as the people that make it. Right, at least it's a fun experience <laughs> and like the hard times are hard but also great because you value the people that you're with when you're making it
0: yeah uh, yeah
2: and Ellen you can do it all you got it all
0: you got it all I aspire all.
2: I, I aspire to be as talented as you are
0: oh my god wait likewise Jeez. <sighs> Yeah, partnership's a big one. Partnership and um I learned a lot. I learned how valuable seeing the outside world is while you're writing.
2: <laughs> yeah, we wrote Hear Me Out Outside. Hear me outside. Yeah.
0: Hear me outside?
2: Oh. Yeah, we sat on the stoop on a sunny day. It was like yeah. it was like, mm, thank you, son.
0: Mm, thank you for this nourishment.
2: A yeah. song.
0: Yeah, partner partnership and like because but that also is like a result of partnership. Because you're like, Ellen, you're sad. Why are you sad? And I'm like, I don't know. And you're like, let's go outside. And I'm like, oh, okay, then.
1: So what advice would you give to up-and-coming musical theater artists like myself and many others out there I know are listening?
2: I mean, mine's tied to to the thing that I I learned. I feel like you have to have someone that you're talking to about it. You have to have someone yeah. that is invested in your idea um, or is waiting to become invested I guess. Someone is, who can
0: hold you accountable.
2: Yeah. Someone that you have like a regular check-in about your idea and someone who's going to um, challenge you and be honest about whether they like the things that you're saying, not just that they like that you have things to say, but that they actually like the things and can, I mean, this is all comes down to collaboration. Like these, it's just is so hard to just grow this tiny little seedling into a sprout and um, Conditions of the world are so crazy. It's like you're on the surface of Mars. It's not, it's not safe. You gotta have two people to cover it. Just yeah. to live alive long enough so that it can be durable enough. Um, so yeah, you just gotta find that that person. And that person can be a co-writer, it can be a composer, it can be a producer, it can be a friend. Um mm-hmm. but it just you know takes two.
0: Yeah. Teamwork. Teamwork is good. Teamwork and- makes the dream work. Dream work makes the dream work. Yeah. 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 I'm just going to put mine. I'm just going to put another. I'm just going to double check what Chris just said.
2: Check, please.
1: All right. Here's the last question. Please just tell us about all of your upcoming projects and plug whatever you want people to go and see of your work. Just out there.
2: We're working right. on an, we're working on another podcast, which is a kind of an adventure podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, we're really excited about that. And we're working on another not musical. a musical. Yeah. And we are not. also working. And not what?
0: Well, I was going to say the Adventury one is not a musical.
2: Yeah. Actress. It would have music in it.
0: It'll have music as an element. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No forefront.
0: Um, but then we are working on another musical project.
2: Yeah. Maybe a couple. Who knows? Any given day. Maybe it's maybe like, who knows? <laughs> uh, we're definitely in the. Um, fostering our tiny sproutlings stage right now trying to get them to survive in this climate um but uh keep an eye out 2020 you know for a new I don't know, wait you have your album
0: really the oh, thing yeah is like i have well i have yeah i'm doing i'm doing i'm making an album that chris is a producer on of a bunch of new original music so that's coming out in the spring um and we've been plugging away at that since April this year. So it's it's coming together. And that'll be out in yeah, in March or April next year.
1: I love it. I love this. I love the fact that I can just chat with artists. I mean, in no other universe would you like be able to pull up Steven Sondheim and just chat with yeah. them about like how much you like their show. And it it is an honor to talk to people who made a musical. Like oh man <laughs> Like it's surreal. <laughs> <laughs> It really is, because I, right now I'm just trying not to, like, fangirl and keep my professionalism up. But You're
0: doing great! you <laughs> great job.
1: Thank you, thank You're you. This is so great. great. We,
2: we love talking about this show.
0: Yeah, and-, and about musicals. And, yeah, teamwork. Teamwork, musicals, and 36 questions, I mean. Hello. Truly, truly the best subjects. <laughs>
1: Well, that's all I had to say, unless there's anything that you want to cover that I didn't.
2: There was some sports stuff that we left behind. The,
0: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, when
2: sport. you're doing a pass up.
0: When you're right? passing up.
2: When you pass the up.
0: quaffle. Wait. The...
2: the quaffle. The. Wait, is it called wait. a quaffle? A... Are you being serious right now? Snitch? Snitch. That's what it is. Pass up the snitch. Right. You
0: pass up the snitch.
2: That's right. Total. That's how you get a field goal. And
0: that's how you get sports.
2: Sports, baby. Sports,
0: baby. That's the next show we're working on.
2: Sports, sports oh my God. What And next it's about goes. a
0: baby who invents a sport and becomes a multi-million dollar Whoa. tycoon.
1: It's untapped potential. <laughs> you can finally get the sports fans into musical theater. <laughs> that's so true.
2: I
0: mean, yeah, I mean, there's so many
1: of them out there.
0: Oh man. No, just thank you so much for talking to us, Jesse, and for reaching out.
1: <laughs> I mean, you guys are so insanely talented, and I'm so grateful that you gave me the time to like talk about this piece and elaborate more about your creative p- potential. I'm so excited of for course, what you're doing. Of next.
0: Course. Yeah, truly a pleasure. and let us know if you have any more questions about music making stuff and keep us in the loop of all your things.
1: Oh, I will. Well, thank you guys for making 36 Questions and giving me your time to talk about it. I hope you guys have a great night, and you're awesome.
0: Oh, you yeah. are. Right, thanks, okay. Jesse. Have a great night. Have a great
1: night.
0: And how you say goodbye, but you never said
1: goodbye. You never said goodbye, and I held on to all. 36 Questions is currently available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and all podcast platforms. Please go out, give it a listen, give it a review, tweet Ellen and Chris, tell them how Flip amazing thirty-six questions is because it truly is. Also, if you wouldn't mind while you're there, leave us a review on iTunes. Send us some love at Musicals with Cheese. Follow us on Instagram or on Twitter. All that jazz. We have a normal episode coming up this Friday, but we hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. Thank you for listening. I'm Jesse McAnally, and we'll see you next time on Musicals with Cheese. Uh-oh.